Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 55 past the hour. See Sparky Fiber with you. Of course, it's sponsored by Young Express. If you're looking for a new job or a new career field, check out my guys, John Young and the crew over at youngexpress.com. We turn our our focus now from the Packers, uh, for this topic at least, uh, to uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, who, believe it or not, are still playing baseball games, even though many of you have probably have already checked out. Our guy Matt Carroll from Reviewing the Brew uh, joins us now, also co-host of the Cold Brew Podcast. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Positives, I think, to take away uh, from over the weekend, especially on Sunday where there was a a, a surge of power being felt uh, from that baseball team, especially from one Rowdy Tellez who gets to 30 home runs. Yeah, absolutely. And he, man, did he smoke that last liner over the fence. Um, it, the, the offense, you know, they, they hung around over this last little stretch. Um, you still see a little bit of those consistency issues, but for the most part, um, they're doing their part to keep this team in games. And then the pitching kind of uh, settled in, was able to uh, do what they needed to do at the same time, too. You come off a couple series wins now, but we saw this towards the beginning of the month with uh, the Pirates and Cubs series and then kind of turning around and going on the road and uh, falling flat. So they need to be able to sustain this going into a real tough stretch. All right, so as we look at this Brewers baseball team right now, they've got some pitchers obviously dinged up that they're having to try to overcome that. Uh, And they need more consistency, obviously, from the starting pitching. Uh, Corbin Burns uh, finally got himself figured out his last outing and was dominant his last outing. They need to have that Corbin Burns, maybe not that good, but they need to have that Cy Young-type Corbin Burns, I think, the rest of the way out. Brandon Woodruff has to be that same guy the rest of the way out. But once you get past those two, let's say they get fixed, do they have another guy right now that isn't dinged up that they can look at and rely on, start in and start out? I think you hope that he keeps it up, but one of the best things that could have happened to them was Adrian Hauser kind of snapping back into form. He did. He got real roughed up at the first inning of that game in Colorado, and then all of a sudden he was back. He retired 15 straight. He looked really good in his outing since then. When you've got Lauer on the IL, Freddie back to the IL, Ashby still isn't quite back yet. And they're not stretching um, him back out, they said. that He's going to stay in the nope. bullpen, I think. Yep, exactly. So you need other guys to be able to step up. And uh, will Jason Alexander be able to do it? I don't know. You know. He had a nice couple of games there. Made you think, oh, maybe he'll be able to keep it up. Um, but then he got rocked his last one. Adrian Hauser looking like Adrian Hauser was absolutely huge. And if he can do that down the stretch, maybe you get to patchwork the rest of this. I know they're going with a bullpen game in their next one. You've got a couple guys in the bullpen, and Luis Perdomo and Brent Suter, who've looked 
actually pretty good this year, Perdomo, outside of that one blow-up, obviously, in Colorado. Um, you know, maybe they do that for more games. Maybe they stretch out Suter or Perdomo to be a fifth starter. Um, Ethan Small, I know we've seen him a couple times, but he's been getting rocked down the stretch in Nashville. I don't know if we see him again. Uh, it's going to be tough, but the emergence of Hauser looking normal again has been great, and I really hope he can do it throughout the month. You know, when you talk about this Brewers team and what their schedule kind of looks like going down the stretch here uh, and how it's going to play out for them versus, say, the Padres and the Phillies, uh, when you have series against, say, guys like the St. Louis Cardinals, which is is next up uh, for the Brewers, you kind of are, are in a situation of saying, okay, the division race is over, right? I mean, you, you can't even look at it and say you have any chance of getting back in the division race. Now it has to be all eyes focused on the Padres and Phillies and trying to catch the wild card. And more importantly, beating teams you're supposed to beat and not stubbing your toe against the likes of the Cubs or the Reds or anybody below you in the standings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's where they've struggled a bit. Um, I saw a stat the other day where against the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Reds, I think they're maybe like six or seven games over five hundred combined against them this year. That's just not good enough. And especially when you're trying to catch two teams in front of you, you've got to be able to win those games. Um, they're going into this tough stretch against the Cardinals, Mets, and Yankees. They've been actually able to keep pace with good teams this year, strangely enough. So as long as they can do that and then carry that momentum into the final series against sub-500 teams, there's absolutely a shot here. They have a much easier schedule remaining than the Padres, who have to still play the Dodgers and some other tough teams, and the Phillies, who I think have two series left against the um, Atlanta Braves, as well as another couple against teams over 500. The, the Brewers just need to beat the teams in front of them, stack those series wins, get some momentum, and they can make it in. Um, you can't just hope that the other teams are just going to fade. You have to do the job yourself. The thing that I, it kind of irritates me is you have an off day on Monday, and now you come back here Tuesday, and it's going to be a bullpen day for the Milwaukee Brewers. And you don't want to have a bullpen day uh, as far as not having a legit starter at the front uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals. Right, but they're kind of in that situation where <laughs> what else do you do? You like you like we talked about. You've got Burns, Woodruff, and Hauser right now. You've got Alexander supporting, and that's pretty much it. So unless you did call up an Ethan Small, but we saw in his two outings, he only went a few innings. So how much different is that than a bullpen game? As it is, um, I, I think just with the timing and with how much rest everyone needs, they didn't really have a choice but to go with bullpen for that first one. Luckily, they have those couple of competent guys who can, you know, get two, three innings out of in Suter and Perdomo. I don't know which one they'll go to first. Maybe it just depends on the matchups. Um, but I think if you stack those two at the beginning, you've got a good chance still to win that game. It's a little bit different than any other random team going with a bullpen game. The Brewers have competent arms to do it. But, it, yeah, it, it makes you a little nervous starting off a series that way, for sure. You know, the one thing you could talk about, too, a guy that's been under fire all year has been Christian Yelich. And finally, this month of September, you can look at Yelich and say, okay, maybe we're starting to go here with some power, hitting, having a slugging percentage of 469 uh, in the month of September. By far, uh, the best slugging percentage he has had in one single month all year. Now, again, we're only, you know, 11, 12 days into this thing. 
Uh, but still, that's got to be up, viewed as a positive for the Milwaukee Brewers because when you have guys like Freilich uh, and these guys that are coming up in the system, Christian Yelich probably is not your long-term answer uh, at the leadoff spot. It, and in a perfect world, you want him somewhere in the middle of the order. But how do you justify that if he doesn't have any power? Exactly. It, same. I thought the same thing when he kind of popped into that leadoff spot. Is This is great if it's working out for him right now and it's helping the team. That is fine. But perfect world, absolutely you want him in that run production area that helped him be so successful and helped the Brewers win so many games when he was at his peak. Uh, if he's able to do that again, I'm glad that they've dropped him back down there, have someone else leading off right now, whether it's a Colton Wong, whether it's a Andrew McCutcheon, whoever you've got to put up at the top. But it, it, that would be even more helpful to the Brewers kind of reaching this goal at the end of the month of, uh, making their way into the playoffs is if he is producing runs. Renfro's been able to do it at times. Uh, Telez obviously has been able to do it at times. You kind of get these little streaks with Willie Adamas, but you never fully know where that run production is going to come from. It's kind of super random. Uh, if Yelich can start doing it consistently again, then that is just huge for the Brewers down the stretch. How do you view Willie Adamas' season uh, to this point? Because Again, when you look at Adamas, his on-base percentage hasn't been high all year. He's only had a couple months where he actually topped uh, over 30% in on-base percentage. This month, he's only at 28% uh, for his on-base percentage. Overall, I think I look at this season and say, kind of disappointed. Yes, you know he's had a great year power-wise, uh, but his on-base percentage numbers have been brutal. Absolutely, and I wouldn't say that he's quite... Uh, gone down to Orlando Arcia level. Well, no. offensive it's got 28 home but, runs and 83 RBIs. Right. That's not Arcia, right? But, you know, it, it, it almost reminds you of that same thing that you've got this shortstop who's got this, you know, just fantastic personality. He's great for the clubhouse. Um, and he does produce some things on offense, but not quite what you expect out of where you have him in the lineup. I, I, some people, when they talk about the lineup construction, you know, they say it's overrated, uh, it, that where you place guys doesn't matter as much as long as they're doing the right things to help the team. But I, I do question a little bit, you know, he's had some decent slugging, but not on base. Like, that sounds like a number five, number six type hitter guy, but they have just insisted on leaving him in the two spot and potentially you know, leaving yourself at risk for not getting, that's an on-base type spot is number one and number two, and your number two guy isn't getting on base. So that's one of the lineup things that I guess I've questioned this year. Maybe they look at that over the offseason and say, do we, you know, drop him next year? I don't know. But, yeah, uh, definitely offensively disappointing, regardless of the, you know, almost franchise historic home run numbers he's put up out of the shortstop position. What about Urias? How do you view him and, and his year? Obviously, I, I thought he'd have a little bit more power with only 15 home runs this year. Also, like everybody else in the lineup, doesn't have a great average. When you look at his on-base percentage month to month, it's like every other month he has a good month. Um, like last month, he had 169 uh, with a 293 on-base percentage and 299 slugging, which is brutal. Uh, now you get to this month, 440 on base, 474 slugging, 263 average. If you look at throughout the course of the year, it literally is every other month of production for Urias. But long term, I again, I look at him and I don't say that he's the long term answer uh, at third base. Maybe he moves to second and plays a Colton Wong in the future, but they still, I think, need a third baseman. Absolutely agree. That is where I would focus a lot of the energy trying to create some offense for this team. Last year was nice, but even going into this season, I think there were a lot of us who thought, you know, he's not a 
super prototypical third baseman? Is he really the long-term answer at this spot? I would be happy if he kind of combined with Bryce Terang to create this, you know, kind of super utility guy where he can fill in in a lot of different spots. Wong's got a contract option coming up that's pretty pricey. Do you have them kind of rotate at second and then reallocate some of those funds over to third base and bring in someone who is your actual, you know, like power hitting classic third base type guy. That's what I'd like to see. But I think Urias to me, that might be my most disappointing offensive player this season. It just has not been anywhere close to a repeat of last year. And I know there's been injuries in there and maybe the Brewers look at him and say, you know, with a healthy season, maybe he returns to form. But my preference is they look for a different long-term answer at third. How much faith do you have this Brewers in this Brewers team that they can still get a wild card? <laughs> After this last weekend, I'm back maybe to 50-50. The Padres have a really good team. The Phillies, to me, are the more streaky one, but they're actually higher up in the wild card. There's still a chance. The Brewers just have to take care of their own business. Don't worry about those other two teams. Play the teams that are in front of you on the schedule. Build up some momentum, and the cards fall where they fall. But they've got a chance purely based off of remaining schedules between those three teams. Just take care of business, and you guys got this. He is Matt Carroll. Follow him on Twitter at MKEMatt13, part of Reviewing the Brew and, of course, co-host of the Cold Brew Podcast. Matt, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime, Sparky. Anytime you talk Brewers baseball, got to talk to those guys over at Reviewing the Brew. They do a great job. And, of course, 55 past each hour, sponsored by Young Express. If you're looking for a new job or new career, get a hold of my guy, John Young, and his guys over at youngexpress.com, J-U-N-G, express.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. 
So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.